This podcast is for mature audiences 18 and over and for entertainment purposes only. Please contact your healthcare provider before pursuing any of our topics discussed. You're listening to Eat, Play, Sex with Dr. Cat, the place to get play, sex, and nutrition talk straight to your ears. Hey, lovers, and welcome to another episode of Eat, Play, Sex. I'm your sex expert, Dr. Cat. Here's another solo episode with yours truly, musing about what's been real and alive in my world of lessons around love, sex, and nutrition. Now, question to ponder. Is it possible, and is it even kind, to be friends with our exes? People send me this question often, and I've written about it so many times. So let's just get into the dirty dirt of it all, shall we? It's not a yes or a no answer. So sorry for those of you who like the black and white answers, which I guess honestly is all of us. Like We want a clear delineation whether this is right, whether this is wrong, whether this is okay, whether this is mean. (laughs) Now, on Instagram, I deemed September the month of love letters, but in my real life, it was more like the ghosts of boyfriends past with multiple boyfriends and their now ex-girlfriends all popping up out of the blue to have clearing and love, which sounds really cool, right? (laughs) And it is. And then I have to sit with, you know, is a friendship of mutual benefit and health for each of us? And that's what's inspiring me for this podcast episode today. How do we tell the difference? How do we tell when continuing a friendship after you've been in partnerships, after you've developed such a deep romantic bond with somebody and sexual bond with somebody, is that okay or healthy to shift that? But before we get into that, If you have recently gone through a breakup or maybe you're still hurting from one long ago, it can really take a hit on how we see ourselves. Now, wouldn't it be just so fantastic if we had an experience in which we could truly dive in with sisters in a lush jungle to liberate ourselves? I mean, come on. That's why we're hosting our Undone Yoga Women's Retreat in Tulum, November 12th through the 17th. That's six days to unlock, undo, and unleash your most primal, pleasurable self. Embodiment and pleasure practices, deep dives into understanding our erotic map, song vocal activation, and so much more. Check out undoneyoga.com slash retreats for more information. Now, I want to thank all of you for tuning in and sharing the episode with your coworker from down the hall. I love hearing about what you've learned, and I love when I run into you at Burning Man and you gush about an episode and how it's changed your sex life, and that's why I'm here, (laughs) to get the humans talking about sexuality and body health to help you all to eat, play, and sex better. Now, if you haven't already, please head to eatplaysex.com where you can subscribe to the show, connect with me, and read more about how you can uplevel your sex, love, and vitality. Now, back to friendships and former lovers. (laughs) What a topic, right? Now, 
as I was saying earlier, moving through my own personal experiences of um, these people coming forward in my life and literally magnetizing into my present day existence, where these are people that I haven't dated for you know a year or or more, and sitting with this question of is friendship healthy in this particular scenario, and it's going to be individual across every situation, you know, the specific alchemy that you and this other person create together. Because on the one hand, my best friend in the entire world is my ex-boyfriend. And I've unfairly held that expectation on partners moving forward. Sometimes it's just not for the benefit of one or both of us. And that's okay. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're more evolved if you've been able to maintain a friendship with an ex. And sometimes it's just the alchemy between us. In this episode, we're going to look at some of those reasons that it's not a good idea to continue a friendship. And we're going to look at some of the factors that that would need to be present, to be perfectly honest, for it to be a good idea to be friends moving forward. So let's start with why or where it may not be a good idea. Okay, so pull out your notebooks and your pencils and get ready for this. So the first thing that I want to really emphasize is that you two are not, if you're not on the same page of feelings of platonic friendship, then this isn't going to work. And it's going to lead to a lot of pain. So say a lot of times when we break up, one person wants to continue the relationship, wants to make it work, is willing to put in the, put in the effort to make it work. And the other person isn't as invested in that. Maybe they've been processing this for a long time, or maybe they've hit their, their bottom line, or maybe they've come away from their feelings, or maybe they're responding in activated uh, patterns. Either way, doesn't matter what the reason is. If you two are not authentically on the same page of, I desire a platonic friendship. Friendship is my highest excitement here, not romantic relationship. If that's not there, friendship's not going to work, clearly. (laughs) Number two, this isn't going to work out if the two of you and your attachment strategies keep activating each other or if you feel on edge and can't seem to relax around them. So if you're not familiar with attachment strategies, I invite you to check out the episode that I did with George Haas, and we dive in deep about these patterns that are showing up in the way that we relate, the way that we relate to closeness and intimacy, the way that we ensure that our needs are met. So our needs of, you know, somebody being available to us and and allowance and acceptance and appreciation and, and acknowledgement and how we, from even childhood through our lifetime, different distressing events, different relationships, even that primary relationship has formulated how we see the world, how we see ourselves, how we see relationships. And unfortunately, because we don't live in a perfect world, many of us have experienced distressing relationships. And so it's imprinted onto our brains that maybe we're not safe. Maybe love equals hardship or love equals criticism. Or maybe we're afraid that of abandonment. 
You know, and it's not so much that these are at the clear focus forefront of our mind, but are oftentimes these underlying currents that are influencing our behaviors moving forward. So some of us have become afraid of closeness because we're afraid that it's going to suffocate us or that we're going to lose so much energy expenditure in order to maintain this connection. Or maybe it's that we can't trust. We've learned not to trust somebody's intentions. For some of us, we're afraid that somebody will leave us. Maybe we have this underlying shame about ourselves and our worth, wondering why somebody would would stay for us. Maybe we have this fear that we won't be able to calm our own selves down, maybe self-soothe. So we require that of the other people to soothe us for us. And maybe it's vice versa. The thought or the fear of having to soothe somebody else over and over again is too, too much. We don't want that responsibility. We're afraid we don't have enough energy for our own selves. And as a result, we fear losing ourselves. Now, if you were in a romantic relationship, your partner is the object of those needs getting met. Whether you like it or not, this is the primary person. It used to be your parents. Then it was your best friends. <laughs> and now, now you have a partner. <laughs> or you did. <laughs> and to untangle that, to separate that, sometimes in our system, it can be still hardwired to want it to be that person as the source of our comfort. So if that is still strong, as it most often is immediately after a breakup, then it's probably not a good idea to start a friendship now. And I use the word now because it may dissipate later. Maybe once you start relationships with other significant partners, the cord between the two of you may or may not be as strong. So something to think about. And tune into your body as your core guide to this answer. If you cannot relax around them, if you can't melt into your own being, into your own experience, and into your own presence, then this is not going to work out. If you find that your mind is incessantly thinking about them, wondering what they're doing or wondering how they're going to respond to something that you're doing. Probably not a good idea to be friends because you're leaking a lot of energy. And they may or may not pick up on the subtlety of that, which may not allow them to be able to relax and be authentic as well. Hmm. So then we would just be running around, not acting authentic and being so high on our own activation. And that doesn't feel good to anyone. It's like we're tiptoeing around. We're walking on eggshells so we don't hurt the other person. But then that's a lot of energy expenditure on us and on them. So if you're not there yet to be able to relax into your own being, I'd say give it some time. Maybe table that discussion and come back to it. But how can we help this? How can we help ourselves in that interim of time? of which we decide, okay, we're, we're tabling this discussion, right? Think of it this way. 
in a healthy relationship, there is this give and take, this reciprocating. Um, I give you comfort when you need it and I and you give me comfort when I need it. There's this interdependence upon one another because some days we're just feeling weak and we need somebody else to be able to be there, be our champions and <laughs> help us forward, right? When you cause a separation and the two of you are back into your own individual energies, you no longer have that person to go to for that comfort. In fact, I, I hope you don't, at least to start, because that's going to create a lot of pain or it can create a lot of pain because it can bring up a lot of thoughts and feelings of why can't this I, we make this work or what's wrong with me that I can't make this work, okay? So as you separate... And this is where it's a really good time to, to, to take some time. Work on your own self-soothing and self-regulation of your nervous system. Whether it's going forth into spending more time with your other friends or engaging in hobbies that you enjoy or things that calm you down. You know, even being in present with your own self, giving your own self-affection and, and attention, maybe even journaling. I don't know, pick that up. <laughs> But the idea of this is to regain that skill for yourself. Me as an individual, I can regulate myself. I don't have to have that one person as my source of regulation. When we can master that skill, it becomes a lot, a lot more helpful when we move forth into other relationships as well. And very much so if we decide later to become friends with our former partners. So number three, if you don't like their new respective partner for whatever reason, then friendship is not going to work. <laughs> like, let me put that in neon lights <laughs> and all the directional arrows pointed to that. It's it's going to be hard. I've been in situations in the past where the where my former partners, where we were friends, and then they got partners moving forward, and those partners did not like me at first. And I, you know, don't like me is a harsh term to use. I think it's more around you know feelings of um, uh, feeling threatened by by my presence, and of course, you know, anytime that that there could be a uh, a partner from the past coming forth, it can be a reminder of, oh, there's a long shared history with those people and it was very close. What does that mean about me? Now we're looking at that and we may think, okay, that's not fair. Like come on, grow up and be an adult. But at the same time, we can't judge anybody else's process. We can't say, how dare you not be able to get over the fear of me? right? We are in our own process and pace all the time. And we can't pressure somebody else to be faster than they are. That just is not kind. That's not compassionate. So if you don't like them, or if they don't like you, for whatever reason, this may be a time to take hands off. If you don't like them, the energy that you're going to exude from that is going to make everybody uncomfortable. And why would you continue to put forth in a friendship, effort towards a friendship, to someone with whom you're not accepting their whole life? So maybe this is a time to clearly communicate to your former partner of, hey, you know what? 
this is the reason that I'm going to have to bow out. I want to completely honor and respect the decisions that you've made for yourself in this lifetime. And I'm realizing that it's not going to be healthy for either of us because this is something that I'm not in resonance with. I love you and I wish you well. Oof, I hope you wrote that down. <laughs> Tell me how it goes. Number five, if you hold contempt for your former partner, for your ex, this isn't going to work. Contempt is an image of this person as being bad or as stupid or a dick or a bitch or any other ill depiction of who they are as a human being. It's not going to work. So look at the communication that you're having with your friends. You know, if you're going around telling them about how shitty your, your ex-boyfriend was, and then you turn around and you're like, oh, I want to be your friend. Let's be friends. Let's be in each other's lives and support each other and love each other. Then you are lying. You're not being congruent. You're creating this image in your mind of bad. And then you're speaking to of a voice of good. And those two are going to catch up to you. Whether it's somebody else telling, telling your, your ex-boyfriend that that's the case or internally for you, it's going to be that case. Will you actually be able to fully trust somebody that you hold an image of being so shitty? No, or at least I hope not. So think about the types of languaging that you're holding in your mind, the types of imaging that you're holding in your mind, and the words that are coming out of your mouth. Granted, some of the images, if it's contempt, is probably a source of self-protection. These protective mechanisms. Well, if I see this person as bad, then I don't, I don't have the temptation of getting back with them. A lot of times we do this with victim stories too. Oh, he, she did this to me and, and such a shithead. And okay, if you want to hold that story, then why would you ever want to create a friendship with that person? It's not going to work. So you either work on the internal images that you hold about this person until they match what you're expressing on the outside or let it be and say your piece. Next, <laughs> it's not going to work if you fantasize about the two of you getting back together and believe that this is true. <laughs> and I really want to emphasize that last part, believe that this is true, because when we go through breakups, oh my God, even years later, I will have a fantasy about an ex-boyfriend. Or they'll pop up into my mind and I'll, and I'll think about a super sexy time that we had together. And it's just for a brief moment, just to kind of sit in the remembrance of it, right? And it's juicy. <laughs> and, and I would love to be able to say, no, I never go back and entertain those thoughts. But as humans, we do. We remember these times. They're these epic stories that we've led in our lives. Now, if we perpetually fantasize about them and fantasize about these romantic scenarios with them or, or super kinky scenarios with them. And we have hold this belief of like, someday we can get back together. It's just not now. 
or maybe we both have to go through a lot of lessons and grow and then we will reconnect because we're soulmates or because it's meant to be or because I've never met somebody and we'll never meet somebody as connected and fitting for me as that person. Now that's one of those thoughts that I would say, check your intentions. Check your intentions about being a friend. You know, what is your reason for wanting a friendship with this person to begin with? Is it because secretly you want to be close to them and you want to have them later down the line when they're more evolved or you're more evolved? (laughs) Or is it because you fear the separation or losing them? Or maybe it's because the separation fulfills one of your old woundedness. And so we want this person back into our life because we want them to heal that old wound. I remember one boyfriend, like boyfriends ago, (laughs) boyfriend, boyfriends ago, and I had held this cognition in myself of I am not wanted. Now that comes from, you know, my early attachment strategies and what would result out of that. And uh, oftentimes would just kind of create a lot of distance and pull away for fear of that being true. And what I didn't realize was the start of our beginning of friendship. And it was like shortly after we broke up, we're like, yeah, we can totally be friends. I realized that I wanted him to heal that old wound. Because if we stayed friends and we didn't just drop off the face of the earth, then I was still wanted. And it was totally okay if we went from boyfriend-girlfriend to friendship. Because I'm still wanted, just differently. So think about that. What could be really underlying this intention, this desire? All right, now... (laughs) Another piece, if you aren't able to communicate and maintain your boundaries and your expectations around friendship, then this isn't going to work. Think about how well you were able to express your expectations and really stand up for yourself and for your needs in the relationship. Think about how you're able to do that with your friendships. Because, and, and, I say that because sometimes when somebody is our friend and not our boyfriend or girlfriend, it can become easier for us to be able to assert ourselves. So sometimes by making that switch from boyfriend to best friend, you can have that, some of that weight comes off and it's not so activating to our nervous system or fear. But if you can't even communicate that these are my expectations of being one of my friends, and I, I hold this to them. My best, my friends, the people who identify as my friends, they stand up for me. There's a reciprocating give and take. There's this, there's this shared, almost like load <laughs> or effort, this shared effort between meeting each other. And my friends champion for me. And I expect my friends that if somebody else is talking shit about me, they're going to step up for me. But if you find that you're not able to do these things, you shy away from your needs, or you're a yes person, 
or it tends to be focused on, well, what do you need to feel good? And not so much about what we need to feel good, then this isn't going to work. All right, two more for you. It's not going to (laughs) work. If you want them to take care of you or they expect you to take care of them, it's falling right back into those old patternings again. You know, how many times do we, do we have a split in our relationship only to still want them to show up for us and comfort us when we're not doing so hot? Or they're the first person we go to when we need to blow steam or be held or, or, or soothed again. If that's coming up for you and you're falling back into those roles, then that means that we're not strong enough in our own sense of being to be able to hold ourselves instead of holding them and dropping ourselves. And last one, if one or both of you are unable to empathize or make efforts toward one another, then this isn't going to work. Empathy is the ability to feel for the experience of the other person. So we are actively making an effort to sit in the shoes, sit in the shoes, I don't know, sit in the shoes, stand in the shoes, walk in the shoes of the other person to really understand what could be going on for them. If if the other person is not doing that for you or if you are refusing to do that for the other person, it's not going to work. Think about friendships. Friendships empathize with people, with each other. Even if our friend makes a stupid mistake, we make an attempt to see where they're coming from. Oh, that makes sense. Oh my God, you must have been so embarrassed. Versus just being like, well, you're a dumb shit. Like, Why the fuck did you do that? <laughs> right? Same thing with our former partners if we choose friendship. Compassion, connection, actively seeing them. Then it can work. Now here are some ideas of where it can be a good idea to develop this as a friendship. So evolving this from a former partnership into a friendship because it it works. It can work at times, but there has to be specific things in place for it to work. Because like I said earlier, my best friend is my ex-boyfriend and I've had, I've been able to maintain friendships with ex-boyfriends in the past. Again, not all of them. You know, this isn't a blanket thing and it doesn't say anything about me or them being less evolved. It's just the alchemy of us or the timing. So let's get into what can, what needs to be present for this to be a good idea to make a friendship. You know, and number one, the relationship has transitioned into a friendship a long time before it actually ended. So we know those relationships where by the end of the relationship, it's like, we're like roommates, you know, we're like, you're my best friend, but I just don't see you as this marriage potential or romantic figure for me anymore. And that's okay. A lot of times that can make it a lot easier to shift into a friendship because we don't have this, you know, this, this triggering 
connection between us anymore or this need for them anymore. But it's it's more of like a, ah, I love you. And of course I want you in my life. You're my family. Number two, if your attachment systems do not continue to activate each other and you can, you can self-regulate without needing them to be the one to do that for us. We dove into this earlier in the episode, but like really use your body to tune into this. If you're constantly in fight or flight mode around them, if we're constantly on edge or nervous because of them, or if we feel ourselves pulling away from them, you know, to create space or, or whatever. These are signs that this, probably, this isn't going to work. But it's a good idea if you're able to be around them and soothe yourself when distress happens. Number three, if you feel good and solid in your own separate lives, you know, if things are going well, it becomes a lot easier to, to be in the same room as our farmer partner and wish them love and wellness. But if shit's hitting the fan in, in our lives and we're struggling emotionally or physically or financially over there, remember that our former partner was our primary source of being able to regulate. So it becomes a lot more likely for us to want to fall back into that same pattern again. Oh, but it felt so good when he held me or when she spoke to me in those ways or like she always knew exactly what to say to me. Fine. Okay. I get it. But we're creating two separate lives here. So make sure that you're good here and not you're not reaching out to them to fill a void. Number four, there has been time and space apart to get back to creating your own individual lives. Time is important. You know, as much as people are like, oh, time doesn't matter or, or timing or whatever, it is crucial because it's in that time that our body starts regulating on its own. You know, the, the memories can fade. Time does help process not if you sit and ruminate on things. I mean, that's not going to help. And rumination is sitting and, and really focusing on all the negatives of what happened. And that's not going to help anybody. That's definitely not going to lead to a friendship. But using that time to productively focus on the relationship and think about, oh, what, my, what were my patterns? What did I contribute? What triggered me? You know, these kinds of things. That can be really helpful. And... It still needs time. And everybody's got their own unique timing for process. So again, we can't rush our former partner to be faster. And they can't rush us. I can't be faster than I can go. And we all have a right to that. I remember in a previous relationship, be like, oh, okay, everybody's ready to be friends. Come on, guys. Like, I worked through it all. There's been time. There's been two months in between. Like, we should all be ready. And he wasn't. <laughs> and really having to sit with myself and be like, oh, can I be okay with that? Because I process things way differently than other people. And neither one is right or wrong. But I've got to be able to honor their pacing and be okay with that. 
patience and refocus and redirect the love that I'm putting forth back into my own self. We can still hold a vision of a friendship in the future. And for right now, we redirect. Number five, if you've both done a lot of work on your own selves to be able to identify your own patterns, and this is an important one, this is actually a crucial one. So write this down, stars next to it, put some glitter underline under it, and go back to it. You know, if we hold the belief that it was all their fault or all the fault of circumstance, then we're never going to learn and grow. And finally, number six, if you can communicate your needs, your expectations, and boundaries without fluffing it, without blaming, without disregarding your own boundaries and needs, and I mean be solid with them, then maybe this is a good idea. So again, this isn't a black or white answer across the board. You know, this is something that you're going to have to sit with you for yourself, and this is going to have to be a com- communication with the other person. Just be sure that communication happens and that you're not just ghosting or leaving this other person to author a story that they're not a part of. Because God knows the types of narratives that can be created in our minds when we don't have anything, any material, like true material, or if we just see something and we make up the missing pieces around it. So amid this process, whether it's soon after or years down the line, three pieces that I want you to remember. The first one, choose love as the influencing perspective. You know, how can I see this person as love? And as a human who is just trying to figure this all out, just like me, Number two, you can be loving towards them and you can have boundaries and expectations for what friendship looks like. You can hold yourself in your process while you hold them in theirs. We can often drop our own selves for the sake of the other person or vice versa. Both can be seen, heard, and in their truth. Boundaries are love. And whoever the fuck says that, We shouldn't have expectations. Expectations can be really important because it allows the other person to know what our edges are and what we perceive as love and what it takes to be in our life. I think this helps all of us out. And number three, there's nothing wrong with you if you decide that you don't want a friendship with this other person. This could be what you need to take care of yourself. Just do so with transparent communication. Talk about it. Be honest. Because this is kind. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to that other human that you shared a portion of your life with. These are human hearts that we're dealing with. And they are to be treated with care. So I hope this was really helpful for you, as it has been for me, just an epic process. And as I'm still figuring it out, just like you all, (laughs) being very present to the pieces as they come into play. 
patient with the unfolding, but continue to participate in the present moment. Mm, Lovers, thank you so much for tuning in today and listening to all of my musings. If you enjoy this show, please head to eatplaysex.com, subscribe to the show, and connect with me. Because my goal here is to help you to eat, play, and sex better so you can improve your sex life, which will improve every single aspect of your life. I'll see you next time on Eat, Play, Sex. Thanks for tuning in, lovers. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. You can find out more about our guests and topics from our show by checking out eatplaysex.com. Until next time, don't forget to nourish your sex life.